This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance. And I'm Sim Weeboon. It's a wonderful thing to be able to say that you're debt-free. Paying off your debt is like being handed a blank piece of paper on which to write the next chapter of your life. But while many of us aspire to be debt-free, the reality is that most of us will have to live with debt until old age. But is this truly a bad thing? How can you make debt work for you and try to live with it? And what are the important factors to consider when in debt? So joining me to talk about this is Felix Neo, a licensed financial planner and the director of the financial planning at FinWealth Management. Good morning and welcome to the show, Felix. Okay, so we'll start off our conversation with my first question. As alluded by my introduction, a lot of us want to live life debt-free, but you know it's just not possible for many of us. So how can we approach this thinking? I think the way to, to wrap our heads around this uh, topic is to look at that as uh, not all debts are so-called equal, right? Uh, there is something called good debt. Uh, and there's, of course, what we could classify as so-called not-so-good debt or, you know, bad debt, if you, if you like to think about it, right? So, so what do I mean by, by that? Good debt is debt that can help either increase your income or increase your asset value, your net worth, in the long run, right? So... Because they eventually help you increase your income or assets uh, value, they're considered so-called good debt. Whereas uh, the so-called not-so-good debt or the bad debts are debts that are usually tied to uh, consumption, consumption type of credit, right? So often they are lifestyle uh, in nature, right? You know, spending for lifestyle purposes. And these, perhaps, you know, will not really uh, have any uh, value later on uh, for you. So, you know, it actually does not add any value to your income or your net worth. So what you should actually try to do is to minimize consumption debt, right, lifestyle uh, debt. But it is okay to consider, you know, having good debt. Let's talk about the good debt first before we go to the bad debt. What are the kind of debts that you would classify as good debt? So that's a good question. So if you think along the lines of what I said just now, that uh, debt that can help increase your income or debt that can help increase your asset value or your net worth, uh, those are considered good debt. So if you think about, you know, what kind of uh, loans can one normally take, right? Uh, if you are taking a loan for the purposes of, uh, you know, furthering your studies, for example, and that in a way helps you increase your level of income in the future, uh, that would then be classified as uh, good debt. Similarly, if you are taking debt uh, for the purpose of, for example, buying a house, buying your first home, and, you know, if you choose the right kind of properties, there is a potential for you to see the value of uh, the properties rise in the long term, again, that would add to your net worth and therefore you can classify that, that as a, a good debt. But having said that, I think one of the things that you should be aware of is, you know, while there might be good debt versus the bad debt, but 
you should be aware of two important debt-related financial ratios, right? So the first one is what we call the debt servicing ratio. So how do you calculate the debt servicing ratio basically is the cost of your total annual installments divided by your annual gross income, right? So what you want to look at is a total debt servicing ratio, right, of 30% or less, right? 3-0, 30% or less, right? So if you're in that kind of a situation, then you are all right, right? The second uh, important financial ratio as far as debt con is concerned is what we call the debt-to-asset ratio. Now, the debt-to-asset ratio is simply the total liabilities that you have divided by the total assets, right? And a healthy level is, you know, a ratio of less than 50%. But this debt, you're talking about something like a mortgage, right? Something that, you know, most of us will probably be in. But what about like, something that is a bit more on the grey line. I think uh, the, the big debate is always on like something like a car like that, which everyone views as a depreciating asset. But, you know, there is a debate to be had about like, well, I pay for a car to get me to work, to get my income. You know, I pay for a car to take me to places so that I have a better quality of life. What's your approach to this then? I think it's very normal for Malaysians, especially those who are, you know, outside of Plank Valley, uh, to have to consider uh, this option of buying your own car, right? We need it for work and, and what have you. So I think it's not so much that, you know, one shouldn't uh, aspire to, you know, purchase your own car, but rather uh, consider uh, the option of buying what you can actually afford, right? So what that means is even if you have to take on the debt, right, as long as it's within the good financial ratios that we spoke about just now, right? If you're within the good healthy levels, then I think it is not too bad. It is okay, right? And, and one way to wrap around your head, uh, you know, when you're thinking about this is that if you are going to commit to this type of repayments, right? Uh, it must not come at the expense of your ability to continue to uh, you know, pay for other expenses as well as to do, you know, the required investments and savings and all that kind of things to be able to cover your future goals, right? And when it comes to this point about, uh, you know, cars and all that kind of uh, things, as you rightly pointed out, uh, it is a depreciating asset, right? So the minute you drive out, you know, of uh, the, the, you know, the showroom, uh, it has already come down you know, about 5% or, or what have you. So as a result of that, I think Malaysians should be more open to the idea, you know, especially if you're talking about FISCA, uh, be open to the idea of actually purchasing or considering a second-hand car, right? I think there are many second-hand cars, uh, you know, that offer very good value. Why? Simply because somebody else has already taken the hit as far as depreciation goes, right? So you can actually pick up something that's of quite good value and, you know, uh, it, it will help you in terms of so-called uh, living within your means. Going back to this conversation about the breakdown, so does this also fall into that 30% ratio that you're talking about? Uh, no, the 30% ratio that I spoke about is the total 
uh, installments that you have on all your loans, right? Not just limited to consumption debt, also for, you know, uh, for the roof over your head and all that. All, all the loans. I mean, that's something to aspire to. But is this a guaranteed habit to hold on to as you progress with life? Because right now, maybe a single person, you know, who's working and you are, or maybe a young couple, 30%, is somewhat still something that's attainable, I guess, would be, especially if I consider combined income. But let's say, you know, once you start family planning and everything, this this debt increases, especially for your children. And then how then do you classify these kinds of other expenses? How do you then replan or relook at your approach to debt, especially when you have a family? Yeah, I, I think, Sin, you brought up a very important point. Uh, there are certain things that uh, those who are so-called uh, starting out uh, you know, bef- before, you know, getting married, before having kids and all that, there are certain things that you are actually in a position to do, right? One of those things is perhaps, you know, looking at increasing your savings, you know, staying healthy in terms of your financial ratios uh, and what have you. So so that's why we want to share with more Malaysians, right, to inculcate these good habits at the earlier, as early as you can, I should say, Right. Now, having said that, as you rightly pointed out, it is uh, uh, quite unrealistic for, for many Malaysians, unfortunately, right, to see, to expect that the, the financial ratios will always be, you know, in the healthy region, especially as expenses start picking up, right? So I think the way to think about it is this. Uh, don't only look at controlling the expenses. That is something that you uh, should be mindful of, right? But it's not just about the expenses, right? So what I mean is, uh, while we recognize your expenses may go up, but hey, you are in perhaps a, a position to also look at how you can increase your income. So if your income rises faster than your expenses, then you will still be so-called within the healthy financial ratios. And the point about investing in your children, I get that. I get that. I myself, my wife and I are also, uh, you know, raising uh, a, a child. And we, we get that. But I think what I would like uh, the listeners to, to consider is this. Uh, while we want to invest and give the best to our children, it should not be at the expense of our own financial well-being, right? So it has to be something that is within your means. It has to be uh, something that you can afford and it doesn't cause you uh, to get into a bad financial situation. Okay, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after some messages. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Weeboon and my guest today is Felix Neal, Licensed Financial Planner and the Director of Financial Planning at FinWealth Management. We've been talking about debt and how to differentiate between the good ones and the bad ones. Now, Felix, what about insurance? Is it a form of debt or an investment? I, th- I think that's a very good question. Everybody is always wondering, you know, should I get insurance? Do I have too much? Do I have too little? And I think the answer really is that you must first understand what are your insurance needs, right? So insurance needs uh, has to do with a couple of things. Number one, you need to ask yourself, if something were to happen to you today, do you have a financial dependent, right? And if the answer is yes, then do you need life insurance? Do you need uh, TPD insurance? The likelihood is, yeah, you do. If 
the answer is no, actually, you know, my dependents do not require any financial uh, support from me should something happen, then perhaps you don't uh, really need uh, life insurance uh, coverage, right? But the beauty about life insurance and insurance in general is that this is something that you want to take early uh, and when you are healthy, right? Uh, why early and why healthy is because when you take it early, the premium tends to be lower compared to someone who only starts taking up this type of policies later in life, right? Then the premium cost can be very high. But when you are when you are early, when you're taking early, right? Uh, when you're still young, the likelihood is you're probably going to be healthier, right? In a better uh, health uh, position. So chances of you being insurable is much higher, right? As you get later on in life, uh, you know, health situations might arise that may prevent you from taking any on uh, taking on any new medical card, for example, right? So for those reasons, yes, you do need the life insurance policy. You probably need some critical illness, medical card, perhaps personal accident and all that. These are, you know, the relevant uh, type of policies that one should consider. However, as I mentioned, you really do need to do some math to understand what is that coverage that you require, right? And uh, the answer actually also has to do with, should something happen to you today? Are there any other assets that your family can rely on, right? If there are other assets, then perhaps you don't need a very high sum assured from the insurance. Uh, but if there aren't, let's say, for example, you're starting out, you do have financial dependence, perhaps you, your aging parents uh, might uh, you know, be financially dependent on you. Then at that juncture, you probably want to take a slightly higher uh, life insurance policy. But again, uh, what we like to also advocate to our clients is uh, whatever the insurance uh, that we are talking about, we don't want that to be the to take the center stage of your financial cash flow, right? So what I mean is, uh, if you need to take insurance, good and well. However, you should try not to exceed fifteen percent of your gross income, right? So that's another ratio to remember. Uh, you know, the summation of all the the insurance policies that you have. Uh, should not be more than 15% of your gross income. When you do it this way, then you have the ability to protect yourself from a, a risk management and insurance perspective, but you are still able to so-called invest, right? And grow your income, grow uh, your uh, net worth, right? So that you can achieve uh, your financial goals later in life. What about credit cards? What's your thinking towards credit card? How they how can it be used to reflect a form of maybe good debt or how can it be used that it's not detrimental to your financial health? I think when it comes to credit card, uh, you should always, you know, you should always start the habit and practice, you know, uh, you know looking at credit card as a form of uh, payment convenience, right? So make it a habit uh, you know, I would say for at all times, make it a habit to pay off uh, your outstanding balances. Uh, and if you are the type who finds that challenging, then consider a debit card instead of a credit card, right? Now, of course, you would say that there might be situations where, you know, it, it just so happens and there is no other 
way that you can actually raise some uh, credit and it's just, just going to be for a very short period of time, then uh, you do need that self-discipline to ensure that you pay off all the outstanding balances uh, as fast as possible, right? So it should not be something that you gravitate towards, uh, you know, uh, as the first uh, option, right? It should, you should consider it as among the last options, uh, you know, that you, you want to fall back on in the event that you, you really can't make uh, ends meet for that one month or that two months, right? When talking about that, when looking at your depth and, you know, we've been talking about how to manage it and how to look at it from a healthy angle, what are the red flags to have? You know, how do you know when things are going from bad to worse? Yeah, I think that's a, a good point. You know, how do you know when you are really in trouble, right? The good thing is that usually these things will not happen overnight, you know, usually, right? Uh, it doesn't happen overnight. You can actually already feel it coming, right? What do I mean by that? It will show up in terms of your cash flow, right? You will find yourself, uh, you know, being unable to actually uh, balance your books, right? You, you're earning less than the expenses and all that. So, you know, because of your so-called servicing the loans and all that, it's affecting your cash flow. So that's one uh, indication, right? Uh, the other indication is what I mentioned a little bit earlier, is that if you are uh, diligent, you're able to so-called calculate the financial ratios. And if you know that the financial ratios are not as healthy as you want it to be, right, that is an indication for you to work towards improving uh, the financial ratios. Let's say, for example, if you already know that uh, your debt servicing ratio is not good, right, it's already at 30 or a little bit higher than 30, then it's an indication for you not to take on any new credit uh, after that, right? So that's another thing that you can pay attention to, right? And I think um, the other way to think about it is this, right? Um, do you find that all your income, all the money coming in is actually used to just pay for today's expenses, today's lifestyle? And you find that you've not been able to stock away, right? Any funds, uh, you know, for future, uh, you know, expenses or future opportunity to invest, right? Uh, if you find that you can't do any uh, savings, right? Uh, that is actually another indication, right? That things are not right. And you have to look, look at uh, improving the situation. Okay, and let's now take a step back and have a bigger picture conversation about this debt in general. I mean, what we've been talking about this past uh, 10, 20 minutes is uh, how to manage the debt when you're living with debt, right? But all of this all goes back to our pursuit of being debt-free. So I want to get your thoughts. Is, is, is the pursuit of being debt-free something that everyone should attain for, someone that everyone should try to reach? Or is it okay to live most of your life with debt? I think that's a very interesting question. We get that very often, uh, you know, simply because the way I look at it, you know, and, and I've heard this from, you know, a, a very experienced uh, financial advisor and, and I like to, you know, repeat that. I've actually so-called uh, made it my own as well, right? Uh, and what do I mean by that is that uh, it is the... Uh, our realisation is that personal finance is very much very uh, personal, 
more than it is about finance. So what that means is, you know, uh, people make financial decisions uh, based a lot about feelings, right? How they feel about the situation rather than just purely on financial numbers alone. So what that means is that often, if you really ran the financial numbers, right, uh, and if you ask the question, should you be taking on a, a very long uh, mortgage, for example, on your home? Or should you be paying off the mortgage early, uh, right? I think uh, what you'll find is uh, paying off uh, uh, the mortgage early might not necessarily be the best so-called financial uh, decision because, you know, borrowing money, right? And, you know, because interest rates is fairly low, if you were to borrow, uh, you know, and basically do something else with that uh, repayment, so to speak, right? Channel that repayment to investments, for example, and if you can get a higher rate of return on the investment, right? It might be more than enough to cover the expenses uh, on the interest, right, for the loan. So uh, what you realize is that uh, while the financial numbers are telling you that you should not pay off your loan, but for many people, uh, the psychological uh, well-being and, you know, the, the peace that they have, knowing that, you know, the roof over their head is already fully paid off, you know, nobody's going to, you know, be able to evict them you know, should they stop payments and all that kind of things. That, that peace of mind, uh, you know, is very important to some. So as a result, uh, I would say that when, when approached, uh, you know, with this question, uh, our answer normally is, you know, it really depends on what is important to you. Uh, if it is important to you to have that mortgage on your home fully paid off so that should something happen to you, you know that your family will continue to be able to stay there uh, without any problems. If that is important to you, then work towards that. And that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Cents. I've been talking to Felix Neo, a licensed financial planner and a director of financial planning at FinWealth Management. Thank you very much for being on the show, Felix. Tune in again next Thursday for more discussions on personal finance. And if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to send them to ringgit at bfm.my or WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.